Welcome to Anti-Aging Insights, where age is a state of mind and aging is a treatable condition. And now, here is your host, Dr. Terry Fisher. Hello there, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Great to have you along, and I'm excited for this because this is the first in what will be a little bit of a mini-series on the different muscles of the face that we can use neuromodulator on to help with wrinkles. Now, these won't necessarily be every single week. These are going to be interspersed throughout my other podcast episodes, particularly when I have my guests coming on for interviews. But periodically, I will be coming back and featuring one particular muscle of the body, mostly on the face, but other areas as well, that we can use neuromodulators such as Botox, Dysport, Zeomin, and Nuceva on. And so today we're going to kick things off with one of the most popular muscles to treat using neuromodulators. And that muscle is the one right smack in the middle of your brow, right between the two eyebrows. And that muscle is called procerus. Now, a lot of people will not necessarily know this muscle by its name, but they just know this area of the face. And it's often referred to as the 11s. Now, it is true that Procerus does play a small role in forming the 11s, but it is also actually another muscle, the corrugator muscles, that form a large part of why we get those 11s. Today, we're going to talk about the Procerus. And I want to explain to you, first of all, what the Procerus is, how it functions without any neuromodulator on board, and then what the neuromodulator can do to help us with those wrinkles that are appearing in that region of the head. You may have also heard of this region of the head right between the eyebrows as the glabella. And this is a medical term. And practitioners use this term glabella to describe this whole area, which includes the procerus and the corrugators. And so if you hear a practitioner saying, we're going to treat your glabella, that is the area of the face that they're talking about right between the eyebrows. Okay, so let's get more to the procerus specifically. The procerus is a fan-shaped muscle. So it's thin on one end, on the lower end, and it fans out and gets wider as it goes up your face. The lower end of the muscle inserts right into the nasal bone and to the nasal cartilage a little bit as well. So right on the bridge of your nose, that's where that muscle starts at its thinnest point. And then it fans out and goes up until it is between the eyebrows and it actually attaches just underneath the skin of this region. So that's really important to realize is that on the lower end, it's attached to the bone of your nose, but at the upper end, it is attached to the skin. Why is that important? Well, when you think about the way a muscle works, it contracts, it gets smaller and it pulls on various tissues. Let's take a very obvious example, the biceps. In the biceps, if someone flexes their biceps, that muscle is attached across the elbow joint. And by that muscle getting smaller, it pulls the forearm up and allows you to flex your elbow. Now, obviously with the procerus, we're talking about a much smaller muscle, but the idea is the same. When you contract your procerus muscle, it pulls to make that muscle shorter. Now, when you think about it, one end is attached to bone, 
the lower end, but the top end is attached to skin. So which end is going to move? Well, the end that's attached to bone isn't going to move your nasal bone around. So it's the top end that's attached to the skin that is going to pull that skin down and slightly towards the middle of your face because it is fan-shaped. So it pulls down and in. And when you do that, that is what creates some overlying wrinkles. Now, when you have a muscle that is pulling down, can you guess which way you're going to get wrinkles? You're actually going to get wrinkles that are perpendicular to the force of the muscle. Because when the muscle is pulling down, it is shortening the length between the nasal bone and that skin. And if you imagine, as that skin length gets shorter, it has to fold almost like an accordion. And so those horizontal lines start to appear because the skin is getting shorter in that area, again, because of the underlying contraction of the procerus muscle. So that is the key function of that procerus. The way that you can appreciate that is by looking in the mirror and frowning. It's almost impossible to contract only your procerus muscle by itself though. And so when you are frowning, you will be contracting your corrugator muscles as well. And we'll talk about those at a later episode. But what that means is that the corrugator muscles are pulling in and they're creating the vertical 11 lines while the procerus is creating the horizontal wrinkles across the bridge and just above the bridge of the nose. So that's how you can appreciate that. Like I say, it's almost impossible to differentiate these muscles when uh, we're using them functionally. And that's why oftentimes practitioners will just refer to this area overall as the glabella because we will typically treat all of these areas at the same time. Now, how does it work? Well, neuromodulator, as I mentioned, there are lots of different brands. The most uh, well-known is Botox. When you inject that neuromodulator into the procerus, it helps that muscle to relax. As a result, you don't get as much contraction. As a result of that, you don't get as many folds or wrinkles in the skin because the skin is no longer moving as much. When we treat the procerus, it is very, very easy. It is typically one injection right into the middle of the procerus, which is just above the bridge of the nose, right in the midline of your face, a tiny needle, and there you have it. It then takes a few days uh, for the neuromodulator to kick in, up to a week or 10 days for it to be fully functional as far as the neuromodulator goes. And then this can last about three months before it's time to redo the whole process. So that is a little bit of information about the procerus muscle. As I said, this is one of the most common places to treat with neuromodulator. It probably is the most common place to treat along with the corrugators. And if you're coming in to have a Botox treatment for your face, even if it's just small doses like baby Botox, or if it's a, a regular dose, chances are this is one area that you will have treated. If you have questions about this, then please feel free to reach out to me. I'm delighted to chat with you about this. Reach out to me on Instagram, on my website, or through antiagingvancouver.com. My personal handle and website is Dr. Terry Fisher. And I look forward to speaking with you then. Until next week, take care, have a wonderful week, be well, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Anti-Aging Insights. Stay tuned to discover more of the latest news, treatments, technologies, and developments in non-surgical cosmetic and anti-aging medicine. For more inspiration, to access the show notes, or to book an appointment with Dr. Fisher, Dr. Frame, or any of the other anti-aging professionals, please visit our website at antiagingvancouver.com. 
Until next time, stay inspired and live life well.